over and over in the Bible, it appears that God saves us in order to draw attention to himself. This is nowhere clearer than in the first chapter of Ephesians. There we are told that God predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. Why? To the praise of his glorious grace. Verses 4 to 6. And again, just a little later, it says that God predestined us. Again, why? To the praise of his glory. Verses 11 and 12. And then Paul even says our eternal security is sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. Why? To the praise of his glory. Verses 13 to 14. So why does God predestine us, save us, adopt us, and eternally secure us in order to draw attention to himself? Here's how Pastor John explained it in a 2010 sermon. You cannot, you cannot grasp, that is, you cannot experience consciously the love of God for you. You cannot, apart from omnipotent, divine, supernatural power enabling you to experience it. Here's a prayer from Ephesians. You don't need to look it up. Just listen carefully. Chapter 3, verse 18, I pray, this is Paul now praying for the Ephesians in the way I pray for you, for myself, for my family. I pray that you may have strength to know the love of Christ. You can't know it without power. Does that strike you as odd? You should give a lot of thought to that. Why can't I know what it is to be loved without divine power? I'll keep reading that prayer. I pray that you, you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. The love of Christ, the love of God, surpasses the powers of the mind to comprehend and the powers of the human heart to experience. It surpasses our fallen capacities to handle with our brain and to experience with our heart. It goes beyond what you're able to do, which is why Paul is praying and why I pray for myself this way and for you this way. May you have strength to comprehend the love of Christ. Soul strength, heart strength, mind strength. May God give this to us now. Now. In the service. This is why Paul said in Romans 5 verse 5, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The love of God pours into you not by any human agency, by the Holy Spirit. It's a divine thing to know yourself loved by God. You're not able to on your own. Now the question I posed last week was, why is it that the Bible reveals the love of God for us, including God's making so much of us, why is it that he reveals his love for us, his making 
so much of us in ways that constantly call attention to His own glory. Why does He do it that way? And the answer is this. If God didn't do it that way, if He didn't love us in a way that constantly called attention back to His glory as the source, as the essence, as the goal, if He didn't do it that way, we would be so much more likely to turn the love of God into a subtle means of self-exaltation. We would use His love to make ourselves the deepest foundation of our joy instead of himself. God would become the servant of our slavery to self. We would take our preciousness to God and make that very preciousness to God our God. But I argued God loves us so much. We are so precious to him that he will not let that happen. We are so precious to God that God in great mercy will not let our preciousness to him become our God. We will indeed, hear this carefully, we will indeed through all eternity enjoy being made much of by God. That will be a profound ingredient in our joy in God that he makes so much of his sons and his daughters but he will work in us such a holiness such a sanctification such a freedom from sin that he will protect us from making that the bottom of our joy. The bottom of our joy will always be that he's the kind of God who delights in us. The bottom of our joy will always be that he's the kind of God who makes much of the likes of me. This grace, this grace will be the apex of my joy, the apex of my praise forever. It will never terminate here. It will always go back there. From him, through him, and to him are all things. God himself will be the beginning, the middle, and the end in his love for me. That is a profound consideration. Uh, That was from Pastor John's sermon from April 25th, 2010, titled, Consider Your Calling. Consider Your Calling. You can find the whole message online at DesiringGod.org. And if you have a favorite sermon clip of Pastor John in a recent or an old message, send it to me. I'd love to see it. Give me the timestamp from the audio clip of when it begins and when it ends. Tell me why that clip has impacted you so much. And then give me your name and the closest city to you. If I use your clip, I want to give you credit. And just email me all of that information at askpastorjohn at desiringgod.org. That's the email address, askpastorjohn at desiringgod.org. And if you would, put the word clip in the subject line somewhere and I'll find it easy enough. I'm always interested to hear which uh, sermon clips have most impacted your life. Well, how important is extra biblical text to how we interpret the meaning of our Bibles? That seems to be the assumption behind the question that's up next time. Although the actual question is one about why does the author of Hebrews 
belabor Christ's supremacy over angels? It's a specific question, but I think it gets into much broader topics that are very relevant to every Bible reader. You won't want to miss this one. I'm Tony Ranke, and we'll see you on Friday. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you then.